Welcome to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you today by Ultras. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Today we're talking with Ultras' Director of Corporate Philanthropy, Sianna Austin Hunt. Hello, how are you, Sianna? Hi, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Uh, we're so looking forward to hearing more today about corporate philanthropy. Can you just explain to us in a broad sense, what is it? What does it involve? You know, a lot of what we're seeing in our sector today is not just um, the community coming together to help make a difference, but also the companies that are at the forefront of our communities that are employing our people, helping to bring people together, bring assets together and and lead in the community giving back. And that takes the form of lots of different uh, functions of give back, whether that's financial or in goods and services or volunteers, uh, but really our companies helping to step in and step in the gap where they can make a difference. We hear the phrase giving back um, all over nowadays. It, it's I, And I think especially with the generation um, of consumers who have grown up knowing companies who do give back, companies like Tom's, for example, or Bombas, or companies who are dedicated to if we sell you something, we're also giving something to someone else. Do you think we're more aware of, of giving back to our communities now than we ever have been? I think that's a twofold um, answer here in Hawaii. I think uh, first and foremost, giving back is in our DNA as a culture and a society, especially in Hawaii. It started with our ali'i and how they cared for our communities, and it carries on in who we are as companies today. But you're right. I think that the workforce of today is also demanding that of the people that they work for and the people that they support in the consumer world. So in Hawaii, it's double down in what that corporate social responsibility can and should look like. Because it's really a very natural thing, isn't it? I mean, to look out for our neighbors, to take care of our family, our, as you say in Hawaii, our extended families. It's something that's been going on for generations. But in this past year, and we can't avoid talking about the past year. For sure. It's still with us. It's mm -hmm. going to be with us for a long time. We're... Were organizations just stretched to their absolute limit? I mean, I have to think that as retailers were affected, as restaurants were affected, as healthcare was affected, nonprofits were affected terribly too. Yeah, I think, I mean, this was completely uncharted territory for all of us, whether you were in the corporate sector or the nonprofit sector or even our public sector. Everybody was playing from a completely new playbook. And I think one of the things that sets us apart as a community is that we all know that it's reliant upon us. It's incumbent on us. It's our kuleana to help one another. So if I was going out to my mailbox and I was recognizing that my next door neighbor had a need, that was something that we as a community in our neighborhood was going to fill. The same thing happened in our corporate sector. How do I make sure that my staff that I'm sending home or that I'm furloughing still has what they need? Because we all live together and we all care for one another. So, um, you know, I think that that's, that's the first part that makes us human together. Uh, but then secondarily, yes, our corporate sector was, um, still able to potentially put their teams at home, still try and find ways to keep work happening, while maybe our nonprofit brothers and sisters weren't capable of doing some of that work, um, but yet still carrying their mission. And so if they were furloughed or they weren't capable of getting to their mission space because of the, the quarantines that we were being placed um, under, that then 
created voids where I think we were all looking to one another to say, hey, where can we help and, and how can we help? And that's where being part of a larger organization like Altris, I'm sure, comes in extremely, uh, it's extremely helpful because where other people are trying to do things one-on-one or you've got small organizations trying their best, you're such a large organization with such a huge network. Um, what does it look like on a day-to-day basis for you? I mean, we all understand the words corporate philanthropy. We understand what giving back means. But what does it look like on a, on a day-to-day basis with you and your team? I think that um, previous to the pandemic, for us, philanthropy um, took the form of many things. Part of it was engaging our own employees, that they had passions in their communities where we wanted to be able to um, send them out and deploy them with what they needed in leadership skills, in volunteer capacity, in funding to help make a difference in their own networks. Um, partnering with the companies that we do employment support for, whether that looked like our, our uh, staff staffing companies and or our HR teams that we're we're doing paid services and engaging with them on a regular basis but then them coming to us and saying hey here's here's what's happening in my own network here's what's happening in my team how can we help create synergies and support one another there that somewhat changed in the in in the in the start of the pandemic and um, we all went home as as we were all mandated to do But we also learned very quickly that not everybody's home is a safe place or not everybody's home is equipped to be able to care and shelter and feed all of their um, now enclosed family circles. And and that call came to our office, both from the format of nonprofits that we have supported or actual community leaders. And uh, for us, we were really positioned in a, in, a, in a place to be able to say, what is it that you need? And how can we have our teams of people, whether they are our partners in employment services or they are our own employees, how can we help get what you need? For our teams, that looked like um, very quickly food, um, food sustainability, diapers, um, adult diapers, uh, and, and really the, the resources that we were seeing f- flying off of shelves. It also looked like working with our farmers and our ag services and t- trying to tie in where they had product that was not getting to the people who needed it most. And so for the last 11 months, we worked really closely with community leaders that were able to resource areas that were their, their need was at its greatest, whether that was our public housing or some of our Hawaiian homestead lands or actual members of our own altruist community that had family members that had lost their jobs and needed help. So for us, we do employment services. We support everybody from finding a job to keeping their employees to their eventual retirement. We wanted to make sure that that whole life cycle still had the support that it needed for people to, you know, survive this pandemic and do it together. I think you've just taken the words corporate philanthropy and given us a very warm and wonderful insight into something that really is quite diverse and riveting and certainly not just a sterile kind of we are donating money. It, it's obvious um, 
that you're very passionate about what you do. Has your work history been involved with nonprofits and with giving back for a long time? So um, I'm not new to the nonprofit world. I actually was raised with a very dynamic family who um, really led by example what leadership in the community looked like. And so from a young age, I think I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. Um, I grew up in the historic preservation world um, and then uh, found myself very fueled by uh, the needs of our children. I worked at Make-A-Wish Hawaii for uh, eight years in the CEO role and helping to make a difference in the lives of um, children with a life-threatening medical condition. I've sat in the seat of the nonprofit leader. I've lived the, it's not 40-hour weeks. They're like 150-hour weeks of trying to figure out how to make everything work. And so I bring that unique perspective to the role that I'm in now on the corporate side, um, not just helping to meet the financial needs of an organization, but recognizing what those challenges are sitting in the seat of a leader and the nonprofit. And now as we come out of the pandemic, um, we met initial needs and we tried to help just put our fingers in the holes of what was a sinking boat for a little window of time. Now it's about being strategic. Where are the strategic partnerships? Where is the conversations that aren't being had in our community? Um, something that we can help be a catalyst to take forward so that um, we learn from this pandemic. We're prepared a little bit better. And we also call each other into account to help make um, some of the lessons that we've learned something that we're growing upon. Sienna, you touched on something really important about bringing together people who need to be together. Not many organizations can do that. They just don't have the physical power to do it. I'm thinking specifically of when you mentioned that the farmers during the pandemic were unable to get food to people because there was no farmer's markets, their usual outlet. That must be very satisfying. I know it's hard work, but you must, at the end of the day, go home tired, but with a great sense of accomplishment. Well, there were definitely some um, long, long days throughout the pandemic, um, which is really long days that our nonprofit leaders face on a pretty regular basis. But you're you're right. Our corporate communities are um, are really poised and positioned to have relationships in all different parts of our community. And in a lot of ways, we're puzzle uh, masters. We're able to look at something that somebody has in an abundance and something that somebody needs, and we can play that catalyst role to help make those connections happen. So when we knew that the tomatoes were in bloom at Ho Farms and they had an excess, and we also knew that we had restaurants that were shuttered but cooks that could cook, we were able to find volunteers to go out and pick what Ho Farm was willing to donate. We could turn those fresh tomatoes over to a restaurant that could turn them into spaghetti sauce that could be packaged and then we could take them again to a community that was really hurting for food, whether they looked like um, COVID-positive families who were shuttered and weren't getting resources into their homes, or they were just families who were just trying to figure out how to make ends meet. When we were hearing all of these different angles, sharing different parts of their story, we we're like, hey, wait a minute, we can we can be a, a, a leader in this. And I think every company in Hawaii has that same experience, whether they're in the restaurant world and they know of people that are um, either having a supply of something that they can turn into. A perfect example was working with Chef Hui in the very beginning of 
this, the closures of our community. And our host, our hotels had an abundance of food, but they had closed the hotels. Well, one of the things that they happened to have a ton of was, um, oh, what are they? The little baby cabbages, um, Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Well, not every palate likes Brussels sprouts, right? So, but we had tons and tons of Brussels sprouts. Meanwhile, our families in Papakulea were looking for food delivery and not all of those kids could get down to their school to pick up lunches. Well, what do you do with, um, a, a, an abundance of Brussels sprouts and kids who probably aren't going to eat Brussels sprouts? Well, very creative chef Mark Noguchi was like, I can turn that into Kahlua pig and cabbage. They're just going to be baby cabbages. And suddenly, an abundance of something that was probably going to go to waste was turned into something really fun, very delectable, and delivered directly to the families in Papakulea who were like, hey, I've never thought of this before. This is really great. And a whole feeding frenzy began based off of us thinking differently about what we had and how we could use those resources. I think a lot of that would have gone to waste had it not been for creative ideas um, that were coming through the kitchen. I think we see that with um, food rescue that's happening today. I think now also we're starting to see how much goes into actually growing the food that we have here and how finite our resources in Hawaii are. How do we create more catalysts for support for our agriculture industry that we're going to be reliant upon for the rest of time? Um, And also, how do we um, maybe just think a little bit more closely about what we have and be grateful for what that is. So I'm, my family, we raised a bunch of lettuce for the duration of the pandemic and our garden was helping to feed our community just in our little high view place. And I now have a new appreciation for how much goes into just growing a head of lettuce. And um, maybe I won't just pick off all of the leaves and throw away the ones that don't look just perfect. But I think that really is what resource support looks like and how we all work together to um, recognize what one person has and what they put into it and how we how we love on that and appreciate it and share it with one another. We've just passed the uh, first anniversary of our lockdown globally. Um, happily, we're, we're headed, it seems, in a, in a brave, new, bright direction. What is the future for corporate philanthropy? Do you see more people uh, realizing that it's an integral part of the community and not just something that was perhaps traditionally for big companies with money to donate? Well, I think that one of the things that we as a community have learned and continue to learn is that for the corporate sector, it's not just about giving money. And I think a lot of people are wrestling with, look, I'm just trying to hire back my staff. I'm just trying to figure out how to find homeostasis my own in this, in this, in my own little business. But giving can look like a lot of different things. Maybe you have a professional service that you can donate your time and hours for somebody who really needs it. Um, here at Altrust, we have helped companies that are really struggling to figure out all of the government uh, mandated initiatives that have come out and they change every day. And so we're spending a lot of time working with our nonprofit, our nonprofit friends that are saying, I can't, I can't understand this. And I've never, I've never had to deal with some of these challenges, but our professionals are in a position where they have a knowledge that they can share. Um, we have volunteers that have said, Hey, you know what? I got a really good firsthand experience working out and the Waianae Coast Comprehensive team helping to do food distribution. I'd like to keep doing that as a family or my 
my department would like to go and do um, some work that is going to make a difference. Where can we go and make a difference um, as a team and make that part of our team building? So philanthropy, it's kind of like a big, scary word. And yet if we break it down at its core, it's just us as a team of individuals, in this case, as a company, helping to make a difference. And I think that blossoms in lots of different ways. And if you can financially afford to do something as well, then it's just even more a a beautiful thing. Sienna Austin Hunt is the Director of Corporate Philanthropy at Altris. Sienna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you today by Altris. 